It, that doesn't mean anything, but we're, that's what we're going to call it. So turn it to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're just talking about the order of events and the why. And that's mostly what I want to talk about is why things are going to happen the way they are. The Lord's not just putting together a three-act play and uh, seeing how it'll turn out. This thing has been planned before the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's got this thing well documented. And, so, and there's a reason for everything. Uh, one thing we've said every service that we've done this is that we will not be here for the tribulation. And I, I always want to emphasize that. And there are people out there that would disagree with that. And, and I've been wrong about stuff and changed my mind too. So they can just do that. I'm sure about this. I'm sure... I'm sure, I'm sure. Okay, chapter 15, verse 42. We're, we're just going to step into this chapter. We, we, can't, we can't read it all. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So it's talking about our natural bodies, isn't it? Being raised up to be an immortal body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in weakness. It is sown in weakness. Excuse me. It's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. Talking about the resurrection. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening Spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Can we say amen there? Amen. Oh, we're going to, we're going to. Look at all the diet doctors that are going to go out of business because we're gone or all the, all those folks that are. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. The word sleep there is a euphemism that's used in the New Testament, and it's talking about die. Uh, the Lord Jesus said about the little girl that, was, uh, that had died, said she's, she's not dead, she sleeps. But we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now, when's that going to happen? That's the rapture, isn't it? That's when we come, come out of the ground or come out of the grocery store, wherever we happen to be. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. 
So that prophetic word will be consummated at that time. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So everything we do has consequences, and everything we have that we do has a harvest, and so we're glad about that. So he says our mortal will, put, will take on immortality, and you know, it's obvious, we can't, there's six winged angels that are before the Lord day and night, night and day. And they've got six wings and it, they cover their bodies or their form because they can't, even they can't stand the glory of the Lord face to face. And we, these bodies cannot even come close. So we have to have a new body and that's the reason we're going up. We lose our sin nature it, that's in our flesh. We, it's just in our flesh. We're already clean. We're already righteous on the inside. But we lose that sin nature in our flesh. So we don't, we, we're not even tempted anymore. We lose that and we are taken out in a brand new body. Oh, hallelujah. It's just going to be fun. You know, people that are just so bored with church and so like that is so predictable and that is so... So boring. Oh, they, they have no idea what we're, what we're all about. Hallelujah. This, this is so. So we're, we're living, we know we're living in the last of the church age. We're in the, church, we're in the age of the dispensation or the administration of grace. And it's, it's up. I say it's up. It, it could be any day now that, that it's up if it's not already up. And so uh, in James chapter 5, verse 7, just listen to this. I'll just read it. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient, therefore, brethren, for the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, the farmer, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience. The Lord has long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. The delay is for the harvest. And so we're harvesters, we're husbandmen. We are gathering the harvest in. And he's waiting, holding back, as it were, until we're taken out. But he's doing it because of there's many people that are on the edge. We all know people that are on the edge. We all know people that are on the edge. And we, we did a thing Monday night where uh, I was thinking about this, where we, we looked at where Jesus said, uh, love, in love, you would lay down your life for your brother. And we talked about, among ourselves, about who would we lay down our life for. And, and yet, I, you know, we say we would take a bullet or a sword or a whatever it would be that we would lay down our life. Kill me, take me instead of this or that. My son, my wife, my daughter, 
or whatever. But I wonder sometimes if there's not a hypocrisy in that. This was for me in that we would say I would lay down my life for these people, but I wouldn't breach their pride or their or whatever. I, I wouldn't want to ruffle their feathers by saying, Grandpa, let me talk to you about Jesus. I know you go to church, but let me talk to you about Jesus and let's just button this up. Let's make sure that everything's secure in this. Wow, we couldn't do that. Grandpa would be so offended. He's been a Christian all of his life and none and none and none. And yet, and yet, would we not be sure now that we know the bar where it is concerning the new birth, we wouldn't go in there and say, let's tie this off, Grandpa. Let's tie this off, brother or wife or whatever. I'd lay down my life for you, but would I risk offending you? You see, do you see what I mean? So, so we, we, it's a new perspective. It's a new outlook on that very thing. So um, the rapture of the church is imminent. Imminent being a, a term. You know, of the Lord Jesus, when he said, behold, I come quickly, and it's been 2,000 years, you know we can say the rapture's coming quickly. It, it could be a day or six or whatever. Um, then we're having the seven-year tribulation, of course, and after that's over, the second coming of Christ, he's coming with all of us back to earth and we're going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Isn't it amazing that nobody knows about the millennial reign? Do you all ever talk to your family and just say, and they say, well, I'm going to heaven and well, what are you going to do up there? Well, we're just going to hang out forever. Well, not actually, mom, we're not going to hang out forever. We're, we're, there's a, there's a detour. There's a lot. No, that's not what they told me. But anyway, and uh, then the earth is going to go through a renovation by fire and, uh, and all of that. We'll get into that. And then the, the end of the, the millennium, the thousand years, all sorts of things happen to the devil. And, and he's, he's given his chance and, and everything. And uh, the great white throne judgment, that happens somewhere in there. All this stuff so far away it doesn't really help us to know that. It doesn't help our cause except... There are people that are just rabid about this end time stuff. And if you don't know anything, they just blow you off. Because that's what they want to talk about. Uh, I know enough about the pre-Adamic race to, to, to walk it out with anybody. I don't want to. I want to get them born again. I want to get them off of that. But, but until they exhaust something about particular subjects, the giants that were in Genesis 6, you know, that's the Nephilim, all sorts of strange things that people are interested in that aren't, that aren't worthy. They're not worthy of our time. They're not worthy of a service. I could teach on all of them and it'd be, it'd be like golly. But what we want, but what we do need to know is about this, this end times, what's going to happen because that's what's on their mind. That's what they're thinking about. They're seeing Israel over there and they're seeing the nations that they don't know much about, but they know it's the, the Arabs and the Israelites and they know something's going on and we need to know something to allay their fears because we're comforted. We're not, we're not stressed out at all. And that kind of stresses them out that we're not stressed out. It's like, what do you have that I don't have? And so uh, uh, there's more verses written about the post-rapture 
period of time, the tribulation, that's, Revelation's just covered up with it. And this and that and the vials and the, all that stuff is all. And we're not going to go through that. If, if you want to study that, well, there's lots of better books that you could do than, than I could do. Uh, but all sorts of tribulation things, lots and lots of scriptures about that. And uh, Daniel, there's things in Daniel where he saw all the nations. Uh, that stuff all fits together. But what we need to get straight is, is that we won't go through the tribulation because God has not appointed us to wrath. And that's the reason. It's not, well, you know, the, the vial here and the, the, the trib there and, you know, the, Matthew says this and Luke says that. Push all that aside. He's not given us to wrath. He never has. It's not his nature. We have not been bad. We, we are washed by the blood. We're the righteousness of God. We're his sons, bless the Lord. We're his daughters, bless the Lord. And so he's not going to send us through the tribulation, which is a time of wrath for the Jews and for the unsaved. And so actually, there's so much in there. And you go, well, why did the Lord write all that stuff? Actually, he wrote it for the Jews. Uh, Joe Morris is trying to get uh, one of his friends in Israel into the uh, Petra area where they've set up a, an escape place for the middle of the tribulation to escape to that. And uh, they'll, <laughs> you go, why don't you just get them saved? Well, you know, they don't get saved. They, so he's going to fix that up. But there's so much documentation in the, in the word about the blueprint for the Jews, the blueprint of what to do in the tribulation. We won't be here the church is going to be taken out, but there's so much in the word and the word will stay here. And so they're literally actually being able and there's books written uh, about that. Uh, let's go to First Thessalonians, if you would, with me. Chapter four. More than anything, family, I don't want to bore you. I don't want to bore you. And I know y'all are many of you are well versed in this uh, teaching and uh, this chronology. But we just want to set some standards down. We, we don't want you to be asked about, well, what does your church say? Well, we never taught on it. We never heard anything. You know, we don't know. We don't know. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Wouldn't you like to say that to some people sometimes? <laughs> I, I could enlighten you if you just open up. Uh, concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And that, that was a real powerful scripture to me. The Lord gave that to me for a situation. And it really helped me to sorrow not as those that have no hope. And you need to take that even into a situation where if you lose loved ones or somebody, that you just don't lose it as those that have no hope. We have much hope. We have much hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Oh, yay. For we're not being left behind. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that they which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. So here's, here's order. 
It's going to happen so fast you won't know which way it went. Because we're not, we're not busting out of the, the caskets and busting through the graves. There'll be no evidence that anybody was in the grave and left. They'll just slip through the ground as a spirit. It, it won't be like, look at the hole there. Well, Jethro did make it, bless the Lord. Or somebody dug him out. It's not that way at all. It says, uh, to the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. So we have order here. So if he's going to tell us that the, those that are buried, that are dead and gone, are going to be in front of us, there must be a lot of other things that he's going to tell us. Doesn't this seem a little trite? I mean, it's kingdom business. It's not like, okay, who's got the yellow pass? You're going to go next. Everybody got your yellow pass? Hold up your yellow pass. You're going to go next. It's all just going to be automatic. It's just, it's like the airplane putting its gear up and taking off, and you don't know where you're going. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, which we, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So the Lord Jesus never touches the earth, does he? To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Uh, John 14, he said, uh, what, what did he say in John 14? He said that where I am, he, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. He wants us to be with him. Uh, these are the things I want to emphasize. He wants us to be with him. It's not like, here the kids come. I guess we're going to have to put up some, some barriers and hide the food. <laughs> he wants to be with us. And then he said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's good news. And if you listen to Joe, you know, he always talks about there's no bad news in the second coming or in the coming of the Lord. Uh, there's a generation that's going to be raptured out. Well, we know what we looked at in Luke. That the generation that sees the statehood of Israel and the recovery of Jerusalem is that generation. If we didn't have daily stuff, just daily stuff that's going on that. Uh, you know, if you heard today, you know, China, China guy is over in California and, and, and Russia guy is it's it's all coming together. And you you might say, well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of things. Well, we're fixing to find out. So if it was a year, I would I would point to someone and say, I told you he was coming soon. If it was a year away. It doesn't have to be the weekend for us to say he's on the giddy up. Ah, First Chronicles 12, 32 says, and the children of Issachar, who was Issachar? He was the son of Jacob. He was one of the sons of Jacob. So the, it, was it Jacob? Yeah, Jacob. Sometimes I get them boys mixed up. Uh, the children of Issachar, 
were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So there was a dividing of giftings back then, even among the 12 sons, and they all had their own special place. But uh, it says that they knew what to do. And these are way Old Testament people. And here we are, filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to know what's imminent. And you'll get a lot of pushback. I, I, I know uh, uh, someone in my family years ago, he said, he said, well, they've been, just like the word says, they've been saying that a long time, son. Oops. So if we don't know what time we're in, we don't know what to do. And we know what to do. We knew, know this is harvest time like it's never been. Uh, he's going to say, I looked up, come up hither. I thought it was one scripture, come up hither. It's all over. Come up hither is everywhere. It's all over. It's in Revelation. It's, it's, in, all, it's in all those things. So the graves are going to the graves are going to give up the dead. They're going to give up those. They're all going to put on a, a resurrection and every born again person on the planet. And this would go back to the dark ages, wouldn't it? This would go back to the early church, wouldn't it? Back to 300 A.D. And this would go back to to Paul. And, and James and it, it, this is all the boys. All of us are going to be heading north at the same time. There's never been anything like it. Verse 14. Let's talk about that just for a second. I got just a minute. It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So you have the qualifications for the rapture. And let's just straighten this out. That's one thing that, that we can do here. Let's straighten that out. There's no in between. There's no pretty good or almost there. And I was really working on that. And that was on my agenda next week to, to go in there and make it right with God. There may be another way, another day in the tribulation. But it's black and white. It's up or down. It's in or out concerning what it takes to be in the rapture. Even if you're born again, even if you don't believe in the rapture, even if you don't believe in the rapture, but you're born again, you're up, you're going. This is something you don't have to really believe in. You have already believed. You've received the Lord Jesus and you believe there and that, that punched your ticket. I, we know, we know that there's a lot of Christians that aren't acting right. I mean, they're, they're not acting right. They're just, but we also have people in our own families, our greater families, of course. A brother-in-law or, or, or somebody that we go, you know, Johnny just never, he just was always in trouble. But he's in the family and mama loves him. And we like him. Well, that's the way it is in the kingdom. They, they're not acting right. You are. You and I are acting right. We're, we're, we're endeavoring. But they're not. Many of them aren't. But it didn't, it has nothing to do with their nature. And that's where we always have to go back to. 
I, I just don't want you to write anybody off because they're acting like a horse's tail. Can you say horse's tail in church? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Just tail. Hallelujah. Ah. Uh, Hebrews 1, listen to this. In verse 3, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory. Oh, I love this verse. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. By himself. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. We're good, y'all. We're good. If you're born again, and we all are, and I, I hope broadcast, I hope you get it right. I hope you get it right. It's not by works. I've heard a lot of people say, I hope I'm good enough to go. I hope I've done enough to go. And bless their heart, they're just, they're just, they're tormented. If you can't have security in your salvation, you're tormented because you and I think, well, the line is a drunk and a philanderer and a, and a, and a rounder and all that. That's what we're talking about. But, but people that aren't doing hardly anything wrong are tormented by failure and missing the mark. And, you know, and they're, they're like, uh, th this man that told me he was in my family. Uh, he, he said, I, I just hope I've done enough to make it. <laughs> He'd been a Christian all his life. And, and, and all, all I know that he ever did that was wrong was he played uh, internet uh, uh, blackjack with no money. So at the rapture, the righteous go up in the air to meet him. It's the same examination. There's an examination of who will go and who will stay. And then when Jesus comes back and comes to get us, or we come with him, excuse me, and he plucks them off the earth, it'll be the same examination. The righteous will be taken, but the unrighteous, uh, the, wick the wicked... The wicked will be plucked off. I've got that in my notes. The wicked are plucked off the earth. But the point is, whichever way it is, you're either lit or you're not lit. You're either in or you're not. There's no, there's no like, ah, oh, I just want to squeak in. There's no squeaking. You're either, you're either in with a one-ton brick or you're, you're at the gate. And we need to know that and be secure that we're going. Because so, Jesus redeemed us. There's no fear. There's no an animosity. There's no, there's no reticence. We're on the first, we're on the first ones out. Uh, Jesus did it by himself. So we have, a, we have such a future. We, we're going to the reward seat of Christ. The reward seat, not the judgment seat. The, re the judgment seat is discerning between good and better. It's not like... Because if you're not born again, you can't get to the judgment seat. So it's just going to be like, well, what did you do with the motive you did it? And if it comes out through, you know, uh, Joe Morris will always talk about Ross Roberts. Yeah. 
stand back because Ross's stuff is going through. Wood, hay, and stubble is blowing us up. It's always funny. I've heard it so many times, but it's always funny. Philippians 3. I've got just a minute. Let's Let's go to Philippians 3, please. Philippians. Yeah, stand back. Dumpster fire, yeah. Uh, Verse 20. For our conversation, that's King James, it would be citizenship in other versions, but our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. All them movie stars that think they got this and that, they got this going on, look at my lipo and look at my makeup and look at my, my fake this and my, my hoodie there. It, the word calls it a vile body. Take that. Hallelujah. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. If you go into Luke chapter 24, you, you find the story. It's not there. It's in uh, John is the story about Thomas saying, unless I see, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus said, well, stick your hand in there, big boy. Just go ahead and get you a, a handful of, of my side and my, my hands. And uh, he said, oh, Lord, I believe And the Lord said, you know, it's good that you believed because you saw. But wouldn't it have been better if you'd have believed without seeing? And that's the key to us in the church is that we are a peculiar people that believe without ever having seen him. We've never seen him. He's never walked into the room and we go, oh, now I know. We know without him walking in the room. So the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 24, uh, he, he said, you can handle me. He had a glorified body. He walked through the wall. He had a glorified body, but he, had, he didn't have any blood in his body. He'd left all of his blood on the mercy seat for our sins and had emptied it out. Uh, then he ate some fish. Stuff like, okay. There's a reason for that, that, they, that he did that. So we're getting a better body. We're getting a better body. One that is so amazing that we can actually behold the glory of the Lord without wings over our face. There's, we, you can't even go there in your head. You just have to say, well, that's what the word says, so I believe it. And we're going to do the most amazing things. We, since the sin nature is going to be taken out of our flesh at the rapture, everybody's on board. Everybody's in. And we're so happy. We're happy to see our loved ones. And well, maybe not so happy to see some of our loved ones, but, but they'll be up there anyway. Hallelujah. And we'll be with them and then we'll see the Lord. And then we're going to be out the kingdom for a millennium, for a thousand years. We're going to rule and reign under his jurisdiction. And we'll be able to travel like angels to and fro, just 
however they travel. I don't know exactly how they travel, but they seem to be doing just fine with their transportation. You've never seen a heavenly Uber, you know, or, or a Lyft or whatever. Uh, we don't know much about our bodies, but we just know this pattern that the Lord Jesus gave us. And that's good enough to say, I believe he's got it. I believe he's got it nailed down. First Thessalonians 5, I'm going to read that uh, just because it's just eight till. Verse 1 says in 1 Thessalonians 5, But of the times and the seasons, brother, you have no need that I write unto you. Isn't that interesting? This is the first book that Paul supposedly wrote, his first letter. And he said, these things that are so powerful, I don't even have to write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And the religious folks will stop there and say, there it is. We, nobody can know. I've got family that's, that parks it right on too. For then when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. The they is the world. When the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye brethren, us brethren, us the saints, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. It's not going to happen. He said it wouldn't happen. Y'all, get out of this little, this little thing that says you never know or, you know, I don't know. The reason you don't know is because it's not time yet. But when the time comes, you and I will all know. We'll know. We'll know. We, we could go into the... Well, we won't. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day. I'm of the day. I'm of the day. We're of the day. Let us be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. That's not how he works. He doesn't punish. He disciplines. He chastens, but he does not punish. We are never punished. And when we are chastened, we're chastened with the word, not with sickness or lack or hurt. We're chastened with the word. He brings the word to us. And the word chastens us. It, it teaches us, instructs us, it trains us. But for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, whether we live or die, we should live together with him. Wherefore, again, comfort yourselves together and edify one another as you also do. So we're not in darkness. And you've heard Joe say on the broadcast over and over, he said that uh, the Lord Jesus got after the Pharisees, the religious crowd, incessantly for their shortcomings. But he only went after the, the, the crowd of the, of, the, of the Jews for one thing, and that's that they didn't know the time of their... What is that word that he uses? Well, they didn't know their time. 
He said, you can discern the, the day for, for fishing, but you don't know the time of your season. And so we will know. We will know. Well, maybe, maybe we won't be ready. We're ready. We are ready. We're after the master's business. That's what we're after. And we're ready. And we won't miss it. We will be on the first jet out. Hallelujah. And it'll be so, so much fun. So until then, our job is simply to get people born again. We want them to have the abundant life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the overflow. We want that. It's, it's important to us. But some people don't want that. They, they're just not interested in whatever that they think that might take. But they need to be born again. If they're born again... This is how I do it. If they're born again and they're not open to, to receiving the Holy Ghost or the things of God, I just move on. I nail it down with them you are, and get them born again. Boom. And then I move on. I don't spend my time trying to get them at this season of the kingdom, trying to get them to have an abundant life if they don't want one. Now, if there's any interest at all, I'm all in. That's, that's, that's what I flow in. But if they don't, they're like, nah, good enough. Well, then I'm moving on to somebody else that doesn't know Jesus. Amen? Amen.